your weekly music and entertainment fix. Backstage with Sinead Nivorda. With all the best music, interviews, and live sessions. On Radio Nova. special on backstage this evening yet to come Stuart Clark of Hot Press will be back to talk the boss and the preparation that goes into the tours Gavin Glass will be reliving the moment he was introduced to Bruce Springsteen I have a live one from him on the way too but first I'm delighted to get to play for you this amazing track this song was originally recorded by Bruce Springsteen during sessions for his Darkness on the Edge of Town album however he wasn't happy with it and later declared he already knew he wasn't going to finish it since it was another love song the Paddy Smith group happened to be working on the 
album uh, Easter in the studio next door at the time. Engineer producer Jimmy Iovine, who was working in both albums, gave Patti Smith a tape of the song and she worked in it, only retaining the chorus because the night belongs to lovers. Though it was never released on any of Springsteen's studio albums, he performed the song live with his own lyrics. It eventually appeared on a box set reissue entitled The Promise, The Darkness on the Edge of Town Story, which was released on November 16th in 2010 and went on to win a Grammy Award for Best Boxed or Special Limited Edition Package in 2002. So, from Bruce Springsteen, this is the beautiful track Because the Night on Radio Nova. Take me now, baby, here's I am Pull me close, child, understand Desire's hunger is a fire I breathe Love is a banquet on which we feed
Backstage. On Radio Nova. Live Room. The boss is in the live room this week. This is one that was covered by Manfred Mann's Earth Band, which resulted in a number one for the band back in 1977. But this is Bruce Springsteen with the Seeger Sessions Band, taken from the concert at the Point Depot back in November 2006. This is Blinded by the Light on Radio Nova.
Springsteen with the Secret Sessions Band on Nova, Blinded by the Light, as performed live in Dublin at the Point Depot in November 2006. You're backstage with me, Shinani Vorda and him, Stuart Clark of Hot Press. Welcome back, Stuart. So earlier, you were waxing lyrical about the joy of meeting Bruce Springsteen. You shall also be waxing lyrical about the sheer brilliance of the E Street Band. But first, tell us the exciting news regarding the boss. He's actually writing or has written his autobiography. Now, details are a wee bit sketchy. It's mm. going to come out in September of this year. Brilliant. Apparently, it says in the press release, he started writing it after the halftime at the Super Bowl in 2009. That's really random to pick the absolute <laughs> specific time. I'd have hit the bar after doing the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. or, or at least gone for a curry, but he decided to start writing his autobiography. Apparently, um, it's classed up there as one of the top ten halftime performances at Super Bowl of all time. Ever, it, it was, which I'm not surprised. Well, like everything, Bruce rarely cocks up, to be honest. It, it, it was great. And uh, Simon and Schuster have described it as one of the publishing sort of events of the year, and I don't think they're wrong because, you know, we we know a lot about Bruce. He's been quite honest, but there's, there's certain sort of boundaries that he places. So mm. he says he will be painfully honest. So I'm really looking forward to that. It'll be interesting, yeah, behind the scenes of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. What is it do you love about seeing Bruce live? I, I really like Bruce Springsteen, but I love the E Street Band. For me, there's a difference. And if Bruce played a solo gig, I'd go and love it. It is, I've always liked, I think a bit like yourself, bands that are gangs. You know, they hang out together, they look good together. And obviously Bruce is on stage for a long time. So by the time he's got nice and sweaty, which is what, a song and a half, <laughs> you start looking around and you see Steve riffing off of Nils and you see... Uh, Jake, you know, riffing off of the backing singers. You see the drummer riffing off the piano player. It's the little cameos. And you cannot fake 30 or 40 years of being on the road together, being friends together. Mm. You could rehearse for the next year and be really, really tight and a great live band, but you wouldn't have the E Street band factor. There's just something not quite... You can't pin it down. And also, I mean, again, I'm sorry, John Bon Jovi fans, I'm not trying to <laughs> single him out, but I did watch Bon Jovi a few years back, two nights in a row, and the ad-libs were scripted. Uh, with Springsteen and the RDS a couple of years back, I remember one night, it was just after he'd been, you know, run off stage um, with Paul McCartney in Hyde Park, and he started with a sort of a Keystone Cops kind of skit running around the, the stage, and it was a real punk rock show really f in your face the next night the first 15 minutes was acoustic and very folky you know you never know until you get there what show you're gonna get we'll get the river in its entirety but around the edges steve van zandt says he has to learn at least 170 songs to make sure he's so got the band don't even know until the night or i think i think bruce will let them have an idea that afternoon but apparently he will sit down at about four or five o'clock and go here's a rough set list he'll change the set list and um you know wow. everyone holds up the cards that apparently is not sort of a bit of theater but it's theatre, but he will go down and go, geez, I haven't played that for 25 years, and I don't know, I'll, I'll give it a go. And the band won't know until he starts. <laughs> so Steve will be looking at Niels, kind of going, do you know what Bruce is playing? <sighs> and, and then eventually they'll work it out between them, and off they go. So um, they're, wow. you know, he Incredible is... musicianship. Oh, flying gosh. by the seat of his pants on occasion, but he makes it look so very easy. And, of course, that's very hard to make it look so easy. Yeah, I remember chatting to Nils before, and he was saying that, you know, when you're on tour, 
Man, it, it can be challenging at different times. And he said, if Bruce decides to go off, you got to go follow him. you, you got to jump through hoops. People are reaching out their hands to try and grab him. Yeah. Security guards are there yeah. trying to stop yeah. the guy. He's like, I'm with him. I'm the guitarist. I need to get there to the microphone at that moment in time to get the harmony. And he nearly got clocked once. He's knocking out the records. He's knocking out the book. Uh, I found him sickeningly um, sort of fit looking when I met him um, <laughs> I did check the hair no greys and I don't think it's dyed uh, he just looks brilliant but now <laughs> and I say this as a, as a rampant heterosexual he's a very attractive man I would absolutely 110% agree with you with yes. that. On that note... <laughs> on that bombshell. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for joining me and admitting your love uh, for Mr. Bruce Springsteen. It's your clock on Hot Press. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.
on Radio Nova, Badlands, the opening track to the album Darkness on the Edge of Town, released in 1978. It is a Bruce Springsteen special here on Backstage, and joining me now is Gavin Glass. So, Gavin, a bit of a Bruce fan, are we? I am. I am a total fanboy and have been for many, many years. Mm. Um, even when Bruce was, wasn't cool, I was there rocking my bandanas and skin tight uh, 501s. When was Bruce never cool? Come on. Well, it was, you know, and he was, a lot of musicians would thought him was a bit of an American meathead, and they, they didn't get the whole, um, the, uh, that Born in the USA was not uh, a pro USA song. It was actually an anti USA song, but yeah, anyway, it was around the time of Reagan and all of that that uh, a lot of the Irish people just didn't think he was cool, but he was always, I used to call him my real dad. Ah, no, I used, yes. stop. <laughs> I, was, I was always said that I was left in Stalorgan wrapped in a, in a bandana <laughs> uh, on my parents' doorstep by, uh, by Brucey. I can picture that, absolutely. Yeah, oh, totally. I believe you have a bit of a Bruce story. I do. Well, the thing was, I be, actually became uh, pretty close friends with Clarence Clemens. Oh, no way. Um, yeah, I was playing piano. Um, I used to do a residency up on Leeson Street, and he used to stay in the hotel across the road, uh, the Merrion. And I actually ended up, he used to just come in and I would always play Brucey songs and eventually I got a tap on the shoulder and it was Clarence. He was looking for a recording studio, which I happened to have. Then, <laughs> oh, come on. So this is all, this is all 100% true. <laughs> the stars brought, aligned. Brought him down to the studio and then he was looking for a photographer, got him a photographer. And then we were playing down in the old Voodoo Lounge at the time. He turns up and played the whole set with us. No uh, way. Yes. And oh, then I, like, I took him up to Johnny Fox's and then he was back over again uh, four months later. He actually started seeing, um, there was a, an Asian girl living in Ireland that was his uh, masseuse. Uh, you can't see the rabbit ears there, but uh, yeah, he ended up marrying her and I got involved somehow of being the witness to say that I introduced the two of them because I knew her through the music business. So You're I'm, kidding. yes, this is all true. I was invited to the wedding. Playing anyway, Cupid and anyway, long, long story short, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this, the fifth or sixth time uh, the E Street Band were over, Clarence said, uh, I'm going to introduce you to Bruce. So he... And he, yeah, he proceeded to faint on the floor. And yeah, yeah, this is a big deal. And yeah. I brought a buddy of mine who's a huge Bruce fan as well. Now, a massive. Like, this this guy would follow Bruce all over the world to gigs. And um, he, he said, right, Bruce is going to do a meet and greet after the gig in the Odyssey Arena in Belfast. So we were drove up. We were we were in Clarence's. He had a his own backstage area, which was called the Temple of Soul. And he used to have these like festival tents erected for all of his stuff. And so we're in there waiting. <laughs> wow. And like we we saw the gig, and and Clarence said Bruce is on his way down now. Five minutes to Bruce, three minutes to Bruce, two minutes to Bruce. Serious, and you're like, having heart palpitations. Well, I was stage. actually keeping it pretty cool. I was, yeah, I was fairly <laughs> together, and uh, Bruce walks into the room and the hand goes out to, 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 to shake mine and my buddy Paul just screams he literally just turned on his heels and said I gotta go wait on the bus so I never got to meet him because oh, no. my friend lost lost his cool yeah, uh, yeah have so. you ever forgiven him for it uh, I have, I have. <laughs> I mean, I can say I was like, yeah. I was so four close. or five inches of, of like pressing flesh with the big, with, with the boss, and uh, yeah, it never happened. And I mean, Clarence just looked over at me and just, yeah, um, well, that was it. Yeah, so that's my uh, my near uh, my, my near. Uh, you never got to tell Bruce. him, you know. Hi, Dad. No, <laughs> yeah, and now I still had that bandana. <laughs> yeah, so no. so that's it. Yeah, so I'll be going to see him. 
the guy who plays saxophone in place of Clarence now, Jake, is his nephew, and Jake's been into the studio with me a couple of times. I've produced a few sessions with him. Nice. So hopefully this time I you won't might get Bruce to your studio. I, you, well, you never know. Never but know. I, I won't be. Uh, I won't be bringing my friend Paul to, if I do get to meet him this time. Paul, shame, shame yeah, on you, Paul. Yeah, shame on you, Paul. <laughs> well, Gavin, thanks so much for popping in Thank for you. a wee chat. Thanks, and, uh, you're joining the ranks here at uh, Radio. I Nova. am indeed very, very excited Welcome about aboard. that. Yes, no, it's going to be great. It's yeah, going to be when great. are you kicking off? Uh, the first Sunday in March. And tell um, us a bit about your show. Well, it's all going to be Irish music. All it's it's the locals only show. I'll be taking the uh, the mantle from that, and uh, I've loads of ideas of how to. Uh, there's a lot of shows out there that are doing Irish music, and I want to make one that is exciting and different, and is is given a proper um, mouthpiece for Irish bands, and that the amazing scene that is out there is is properly. Uh, given some decent notice you know and mm. uh, I wanted to try and get bands doing some uh, sessions in conjunction with Nova and the studio that Brilliant. we can do a proper kind of recording that were younger bands that mightn't have access to analogue vintage gear will be able to come in and uh, do it for uh, sessions for the show Oh, Gavin, that sounds amazing. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. It's a really it's cool be, thing to do. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, it's such a fruitful, you know, place out there for music. It always has been. It's always been a well, great kind you know, of breeding ground. The, ba- but the back right of now. our currency is a harp. And, you know, it is our, probably other than Guinness, it is our greatest export. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it is is a real treasure, the, the music and culture that comes out of this country. And uh, I think there should be a lot more attention placed on the talent that is out there, you know. Absolutely, 100%. Agree yeah. with you for sure. Yeah. Well, thanks very much again. Thank we look you. forward to the show. See you yeah, later, Gavin. Thanks, Sinead.